Hey everybody, welcome to Artifice episode 111. I know I am a broken record, but I just am such a fan of my own podcast. I did an interview this morning and I just, I'm always on like such a high after an interview. It's so much fun to just meet people who I never would have had any other opportunity to meet who are just amazing and give me incredible things to think about that I'm not going to forget. Just feeling a lot of kind of gratitude and also a bit, um, you know, I don't know, kind of like just feeling excited about it. Um, I hope you guys like, I hope you guys feel a little bit of that as well. Um, just, you know, it's like this, you know, I'm always talking on the podcast about kind of like meta creativity. Like here we are having conversations about like the small things that we do, um, like the, the works that we do are our individual mediums, but like how, how creative also is it for someone to, you know, get a little message from me, a stranger and think to themselves like, hell yeah, I want to go talk to this person and create um, a conversation and create a friendship, you know, out of scratch from thin air and then just do that. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so beautiful and like abundant. Ugh, I'm so into it. I've been thinking so much lately about, yeah, these kind of like I don't know. I'm kind of thinking out loud a little bit right now because these thoughts that I'm having are like a bit all over the place. Um, however common and swirling around in my mind at any given time they are. Um, but yeah, just kind of thinking about how important art, art and creativity is. And it's funny because like the, the kind of main thing that I think I've been mulling around about lately is like, each individual like small act of creativity, whether that's, you know, I don't know, taking a picture, like writing a paragraph, writing lyrics, um, you know, singing one song like at one gig, um, working on songwriting with my students, creating like, um, you know, like thinking of a new way to teach something and then, you know, having a, a, a learning moment with a student, like all these, you know, one-off moments of creativity and, and artfulness, you know, in and of themselves, like maybe aren't anything to be taken that seriously, but as a collective, like I take them so seriously, um, to a point where, you know, occasionally I, I kind of, look at myself and think like, is this silly? Like, am I, am I too earnest? I feel like I'm constantly asking myself if I'm too earnest. And when I think about it, I really think, no, I'm not, not too earnest. I wish everyone was a little bit more earnest. And, um, I'm feeling like dramatically full of earnest, earnestness on this particular day. And I gotta be honest, it's my favorite feeling silly or not. Um, I'll be earnest. I'll be earnest any, any day, any time you, you need some earnestness, earnestness, this word is hard for me to say, you know where to find it. Come to me. I'll be earnest with you anyway. So that's all. That's my thing today. Um, gosh, I'm excited. I'm heading to a gig later today. I'm driving to Butte, Montana. I have some, um, really 
good podcasts in my queue that I've downloaded that I'm excited to listen to. And I've got some audio books. If I feel like I'm in the mood for that, I think I might be in a podcast mood today. And I get to perform some fun songs tomorrow that I haven't um, had the opportunity to sing recently, even some brand new ones. The client requested Fields of Gold by Sting, which is a beautiful song. And um, I'm excited to sing that. What else? Hmm. Um, I just got um, the 11 remaining music videos back from Ryan, who um, you guys will hear from in, I think, next week or two weeks. So, uh, but, but Ryan is my friend and a collaborator and we made some music videos together for the Hallowed Wide and, um, he just sent me those and they are incredible and I'm feeling so excited. I've been adding lyrics to them to get them ready for this kind of like digital launch, um, that I'm doing in a, in a couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, so many things. I just sent the pre-orders out for the Hallowed Wide and I've been starting to get back, um, you know, people sending me photos of their packages and letting me know what they think of the music. And it's just good. It just feels good. And this is a reminder. I think last week that whatever episode you guys heard last week, I was feeling like kind of depressive and I'm feeling great today. So it's just, you know, again, reminders that there's like ups, downs, highs, lows. So yeah, um, coming at you with a hot energy today. Um, Today's episode is with someone that I've known for a while, but in I got to know her in kind of a new context. Um, Emily Strobel, it was um, she took voice lessons from me for a minute, and um, was you know pursuing fashion design at that time, and just I was has always been like as far as I have seen a very creative person. So when I found out she was back in Utah, I, I knew I had to have her on the podcast and it was so much fun to talk with her, um, in a new context and hear her outlook and just, I don't know, such a great energy, such a cool person. I'm just, I'm happy to know her. Um, okay. Here's Emily's bio. Emily Strobel is a roller skating dog mom with rad baking and music skills who designs her own clothes and travels the world. She enjoys a life filled with creativity from making her own clothes to learning woodworking. There is joy in the process. In the future, she dreams of owning a historic farm with lots of animals and DIY projects. Oh, I love all of it. I can't wait for you guys to hear from Emily. And um, gosh, I mean, if I want to sum up with one thing, it's just that there are cool conversations coming in the future. And also I've got a lot of cool art coming your way very soon. My next single comes out in at the end of October. So I think you guys are going to be hearing this in the second week of October. And my, um, my new, my next single comes out October 27th. So be listening for that. Okay. 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 Enough talking. Here comes my conversation with Emily Strobel. Enjoy. Great art almost feels like magic. It opens our minds to brand new ideas and teaches us to see ourselves and our world more clearly. Of course, behind all great art, there are artists. And I think that's where the real magic happens. As we go beneath the art itself to explore how artists do what they do, we see glimpses of the sorts of creativity and resilience that lead to the art that moves our world. And maybe we can learn to borrow some of that magic for our own thinking. That's the goal here. And now that we're on the same page, let's dive in. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Good to know. Yeah, when I when I was 18 and I moved to Texas, I just like I had the fear of God. Like I was so because I lived in a different state, like, and I just felt like I could be homeless immediately. Wow. 
Um, and then like, I don't, I still like, when I think about it, I don't know how I did, I did it because I, I worked at Bath and Body Works. I made five eighty five an hour. No way. Cause that was minimum wage back then. Like in, in the in early, Texas. like mid 2000s. Yeah. Or, yeah. I moved out there in the fall of 2007. Yeah. And then, um, I don't, I seriously, I don't know, but like my budget for food was $25 a week. I don't know how I did that. I mean, I, mean, I guess I spend good easily, thing it was Texas, but I spend still easily $150 a week on food just for myself now. Yeah. But I eat well. <laughs> like, I you mean, I was, stuff. I was seriously like, I, I lived for like several years on like bananas, peanut butter sandwiches and like baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. And then I would buy like condensed Campbell's chicken noodle soup. Cause you could like put water in it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, it's so bad for you. Well, I mean, but it was like money saving. It was smart. I, I was paranoid. When I, I like, lived in New York, I pretty much lived on like chips and hummus. Yeah. You, you and just, just like can't. veggies. There's a good thing. Good thing. It was, there was a Trader Joe's there. Cause that like their prices their are the, prices same, are everywhere. the same everywhere. I didn't know but that. like New York grocery prices, like, nah, that's, that's what I would have been eating in horrifying. New York. Like, it's yeah. terrifying. It's bad. I, I was also like, I was so freaked out about like gas. Like I wouldn't, I had a car, but I didn't drive. I didn't drive it. I just didn't go anywhere. Um, if my friends like wanted to go out, I would like either just not go or I would like order off a kid's menu or like mm-hmm. just get an appetizer. I was freaked out. But then like, a couple of weird things happened. I've talked about this with a few other people, but like my first year that I was in school there, I got a 4.0 and the school refunded my out of state tuition. Oh man. So I got a check for like 10 grand. And then I was like, I will never ever touch this. money. <laughs> and then like a similar thing happened when I was in my master's, like I got this like stipend that was like $1,400 a year. And I had already, I was already used to just living on, Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And so when, then when I finished my bachelor's degree, I had like 40 grand and that was when I moved here. And then I just like kept like all of the furniture that was in like my old house mm-hmm. was like stuff that my roommates in Texas had like left behind. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm not going to leave this. Yeah, yeah. Like I will move this with me to Utah. Mm-hmm. And anyway. yeah, furniture is expensive. It's so expensive. It's probably less to move it than to buy new stuff. So yeah. And then I started like, I was living exactly the same way, like spending nothing. And then I was like, had a master's degree and like was working. I was working a lot. Like I think when you were taking lessons from me, I had 60 students, which is fucking insane. I can't, I had no idea you had that many. I had 60 students at one point. That was like the most I ever had. I was teaching six full hours six days a week that's insane i know <laughs> it almost killed it like almost killed me though oh, but then you know each of those students is paying like you know about like 60 50 to 60 dollars less and depending on when they signed up and what i was charging when they signed up right and that's like you know it's a lot of money <laughs> when you add it up but i was still terrified so anyway i'm no longer terrified that's good yeah that's a good thing. Well, how have you been? <laughs> I haven't seen you in so long. I know. It's been like, I guess it's been five years, huh? It has been five years. Everything's different. Yeah. Um, well, I'm really excited to talk to you. I mean, so for the listener, Emily, <laughs> I know Emily because she took some lessons from me for I a minute. took lessons from you. Yeah. yeah and, for like a summer. Yeah. And I and we knew back then that you were going, that you wanted to pursue fashion. Yeah. That was always kind well, of Well, like, I was like, 
Um, I was moving. That's the first time I moved to New York. Yeah. Yeah. I think you had just, when I met you, you had either just gotten into the, Mm -hmm. um, FIT program. Yeah. Uh, is that, that's what it's called? Yeah. Well, yeah. So it was at FIT, Fashion Institute of Technology in New York City. Yeah. You had either just gotten in or were like just applying or something. Because I think I started with you in May and I'm pretty sure I got my acceptance in like April, May. It was like right around the same time. Yeah. And I just always have felt like you were like so creative and visionary and, um, (laughs) yeah, I, I wasn't sure if you were living in Utah. Which is why yeah. I invited well, you to I do can, this earlier. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can explain a little of that. So I I moved to New York the first time. I lived in Midtown. I was doing, um, it was technically like an associates. And I already had like my bachelor's in yeah. Asian studies from the U. Right. And also cool. I, yeah, I know. I have a lot of different interests. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like you just, it's so clear to me that you're just like a person who like, you know, has always kind of been living a creative life, which is mm-hmm. my favorite thing. Oh. It is a, it's a great life to live. And I actually, I was only there for like the fall semester cause I ended up kind of hating it. Like the oh, program wasn't yeah. a good fit. And also just like being in New York was a lot. I was living in Midtown, like literally on there. 35th street between eighth and ninth. And it was great cause I could walk to school, which is what I wanted. But like Midtown is the worst neighborhood to live in, in New York city. Like, it's just like gray and very soul sucking. Oh. Whereas like the other neighborhoods they just have like more color and life character. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I moved back January 2017 to Utah and okay. I just like, like I, I moved to New York and I moved to, I ended up moving there again. Cause I both times, like I wanted to do something creative for work. Like I wanted to integrate it more yeah. that way. But so I moved back and I like, I ended up working for the post office and just like different stuff. Like I got my dog, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm yeah. never, I'm never Bowie. going. Yeah, Bowie. Yeah. He's the cutest little Boston Terrier. He's turning four next week oh and gosh. I'm going to die. <laughs> I was like, you are not four. You're like one forever. Okay. I know. It's really, it's, I've never had a dog before bear and he's nine and I'm Boy, like, he's nine. I'm freaking out. Like. No, you're like, I'm worried every he's year, gonna die. Like every year I tell Bowie 15 more. Every yeah, year. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm like the number never goes down. You're just gonna live it's forever. Not okay. Fair that someone that we love so much yeah. is not gonna live for th- right. you know, 30 years minimum. Uh, uh, well, no, just like forever. We're not talking yeah. numbers here. They just yeah. they live forever. Yeah. My family, we have our our family dog. She's like 15 now, and we're probably gonna have to put her down soon. And it's just I can't like even fathom it. Like no, I've never experienced this before because, like I said, we didn't have pets growing up. I had an outdoor cat that just like kind of ran away and disappeared, which is not the same as like no. <laughs> yeah. a dog that's like slept in your bed every night. Well, and for, also like, like you have to make choices about that in a way that like I think if my cat had not just ran away, it would have been similarly painful because like that cat was like very dear to me. But, like, there's no warning. There's no decision about it. There was, like, this very long period of time where I was like, he'll come back. You know, it's just, I don't know. Right. It's just different. Yeah. We had a dog that disappeared, too. And that is hard when it's just, like, they're just gone and there's no, like, explanation. Yeah. We did we did put a family dog down right before I got Bowie. And I've never cried that much yeah, in my entire life. It's a horrifying preposition. <laughs> I, I, I'm not kidding you. Like, every single time Bear, like does anything out of the usual i'm like oh my god please don't be sick like you can't have cancer you can't die no yeah i've taken bowie to the vet a few times and i'm always like it's it's gonna be fine like it's just his teeth or but yeah like you you never know it's horrifying to me 
Okay, I'll get your whole <laughs> New York story, but I like to start okay. with everybody at the beginning. So, okay. um, so I'd love to hear what you were like as a creative child. Like, oh, what were you up to? And it doesn't have to be at all related to what you're doing now. And it also doesn't have to be mm-hmm. like, what things were you doing? Just like, what was what was what were you like as a little creative see I saw that in the prompt so I was trying to think about it and in some ways I guess I don't really think of myself as a creative kid like I guess to me my childhood was just my childhood and like um like in my family yeah Yeah. like in my family um we all learned musical instruments like that was really important to my parents so like we all started on piano so that's something I did from like the age of four and I guess in a way that wasn't really my choice per se that was just something that like they did for me and that was fine and I like I loved it and I really appreciated that that was something that was important to my parents was like they always encouraged us in like our creative pursuits and like lessons like music lessons sports just like all that kind of stuff So, like, I appreciate that as a kid, but I feel like as a kid, like, I just, like, like, I played and, like, I'm, I'm sure I gravitated towards creative things, but I also think it's just, I don't, like, memory is weird, right? Totally. And I just, like. part of why I like this question and, like, uh I, I think about this a lot and, like, I'm, I'm very aware that the question is, like, vague and weird, Uh but, like. Part of what I like to think about is I think sometimes as adults and also just, like, as society, we make the mistake of thinking that creativity is like skills. Mm. And I think so much of creativity is in like your perspective and like your personality. So I love hearing like adult creatives, like just reflect again, totally knowing that memory is like Mm -hmm. completely fickle on like, you know, kind of what your like identity was like as a little kid. Like, you know, I love it when people will say like, I was daydreaming or like Mm -hmm. I was digging holes, like the kinds of things that people will like retrospectively like label creative yeah I mean I do think as a kid I was pretty free which was nice that like I feel like I didn't like put myself into a box or like like oh you have to be this certain way like I wasn't really into people's like I don't know expectations or whatever and there is there's one thing and it's not that I like remember per se but I've seen in pictures and so to me, I just like really ga- gravitate towards it. But like when I, I think I was like two or something and I had these super cute pink sandals and that's just, I, no, 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 they, they weren't, weren't jellies. jellies. They okay. weren't jellies. I think they were almost kind of like Birkenstocks, I okay. guess, like more okay. that kind of style. Okay. Like a little but strap on top. The jellies thing is important because I was literally, I think probably like 16 and I was at Payless or something and they had jellies and I was like, I'm getting these. Yeah. I'm getting myself jellies. I, I didn't have them as kids, like as a kid. And I just like, loved them. <laughs> But like that to me, I just feel like is something that stands out into my childhood. Like, oh, that was like me, like, like what I wear or just like expressing myself and that kind of stuff. Like I just loved as a kid that it was like, those were my favorite sandals and I like wanted those sandals. You had kind of like a sense of individuality. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that something that like your parents will kind of like tell you about your young self or like, do you remember Um, it? That's it's. Yeah. It's not that I remember it. It's, I guess, kind of hearing it from parents and I've, I've seen the picture and I'm like, man, I wish I'd kept those forever. Like (laughs) I just would, I, it's like a little talisman. They were so bold. Like, you know, um, do like when your parents like, you know, talk to you about what you were like as a little kid, is it kind of like, like, do you get the sense that they, instilled some of those values in you or do you get the sense that that was like your personality that you Mm, came with 
Um, I think a lot of it was me. Like sometimes yeah. when my parents are talking about stuff in the past, like I want them to say more about like, no, but tell me what I was like. Like I just, yeah. cause you know, I don't remember. I just, you know, it's I like, like hearing people talk about those, me. Of course. Yeah, of course. Um, but I definitely would say it's me. Cause I know like it just in like musical taste and stuff, like I felt like we didn't listen to music. I'm like, where did I get my musical taste from? And it was just like, that That's was me awesome. like exploring and it. stuff. So where are you in the birth order? I'm second. Okay. Second of four. A four. So there's okay. like three girls and one boy. Okay. So is older sister or older yeah. brother? Yep. Older, older sister. sister, then me, and then my brother, and then youngest sister. Do you feel like reflecting on like where you think this kind of like individual personality in a child, like, like what does it mean? Where does it come from? How can we honor it? Like, I don't know if you, it's okay if you don't have thoughts about it, but <laughs> I feel, you know, as a person who sometimes teaches little kids, very... Like, I don't know if passionate's the right word, but I'm curious and like maybe concerned mm. about like the ways in which we do or don't kind of like foster and honor like that kind of individuality in children. Oh, yeah. Um, and I also think, like I said, you know, people will get thinking that creativity is skills based and might like force their kid to, you know, practice piano. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Not that it like should some I, kids be encouraged to practice piano maybe they probably need it like i i took violin when i was little too and i like never practiced and my teacher ended up telling me to quit they, which was yeah. very fair because i never practiced and then i started bass but I, that's that's but awesome as but a i was gonna say though teacher, like you're just like well no that's not even what i mean i mean i kind of okay. mean the other thing of like you know maybe you're trying to force your kid to practice the piano instead of like letting them do whatever thing is happening in their mind that might be like right. much more valuable. So when I say I'm concerned, I feel like I feel like the concern I have is like sometimes we're missing the forest for the trees. Yeah. No, I, and I, yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you're saying yeah. now where it's like, like we structure it in a way, but it's maybe like if you didn't have the structure, things could flow in a way that yeah. like, you discover something else instead of being like, Oh, you're going to practice this many hours a day. And unless you practice that, like that's it. And yeah, it makes like it very art has rigid. been like co-opted in this kind of like capitalist, like skills right. based way. Um, which is part of why I like to talk to adult creatives about the things that like they found valuable, mm -hmm. which, you know, f most of the time, if not all of the time are like these less structured things. Um, you know, maybe we start like really kind of valuing some of the structure and kind of like structured, you know, criticism and instruction that we're getting, mm -hmm. you know, in our, in our like early teens, maybe. Um, and of course it depends on the child, but maybe my last question <laughs> right. about That's this like is, everything. It depends yeah. on the child. Like, of asterisk. course. Like, I mean, like some children, like I think I, in some ways was like a very serious child mm -hmm. for like plenty of totally understandable reasons based on my environment but also I think I just like was a serious personality yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like I've always been like a deep thinker like I like to observe and like you know I'm like I'm, I have a process brain mm -hmm. um but I think like you know I really liked having like instruction like stru and structure uh-huh um, well, and yeah. isn't it interesting that I think to some people, they would maybe think that's not creative right. having to have that kind of structure. Right. Cause like, I feel like not that I've struggled with it, but that's just something like, it, that's kind of my approach to things too. Mm -hmm. Like whenever I've learned a new instrument or something, like I'm not one of those people that like goes on YouTube and watches tutorials or something. Yeah. Like I wanted to get better at singing. What did I do? I signed so up for voice lessons, lessons yeah. with you. Like I didn't just like watch something or like read a book. Cause like, right. 
that's that's just like how I learned from a young age too because like that's yeah. how I learned piano and like any instrument so to me that yeah. was like that's how I learned best and like knowing that is very beneficial too because then like I know how I work best instead of like trying to do things a different way and being like and but I feel like sometimes that made me feel like I wasn't as creative as somebody else who like oh yeah I just like picked up a trumpet and like watched this cool video and then I like was like really into improv because that's the other thing with me too is like a musician and stuff like I I don't improv like and that's just not it's not what I worked on and it's just like you know, I don't know. I guess it's, it's also not what I did. Kind of a brain. And yeah. I don't know if this is like a, like a, I love talking about this with jazz musicians because <laughs> jazz is like such an improv <laughs> And that's not thing. me. <laughs> and I have a master's degree in jazz studies, but yeah. I'm like you, like, and I don't, I, sometimes I can't figure out what possessed me to major in something that would take me so, so far away from my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe I just had a gut instinct that that was the part of my brain that like, needed someone to kick its butt or something but yeah like now that I'm done with school like I hardly ever improvise but I think it did kind of like strengthen a part of my brain that I use a lot like yeah I improvise like every time I have a lesson with a new student that's improvising I feel like this is improvising yeah but no it's so interesting to me because I feel like there's skills you gain in other areas and then you totally like it applies to another area in your life. Like, I mean, yeah, it's not jazz improv, but because you yeah. learned all that improv, like it helps you in like helps me be flexible. other ways. And I think I, I think so. I actually, I've never thought about quite this before, but yeah, I knew I, as a child embraced this structure and like probably also because it's how my family was. I figured out how to like tuck all of my creativity, like into that. But I, and I imagine you have thoughts about this as well. I really liked a certain kind of freedom in the way I consumed like Mm -hmm. art. Um, I was very daydreamy. So like there was kind of all of this very like free form um, going on in just like my brain and also in like how I was reading or how I was choosing books or how I was listening to things or how I was kind of like observing the world. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think maybe like, part of what appealed to me about jazz when I was a teenager, like I think it kind of touched on some kind of like, Oh, this is like a sort of that freedom that I need to kind of like go back and like reclaim. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like improv is not the thing. It's just like a freedom, which you said you had too. like, how did you, how, how did the freedom and the structure like manifest in your personality? Um, I don't, that's probably a good question. <laughs> uh, like in terms of like growing up or just like whatever. When, yeah. Like, okay. I mean, cause you said like you had like a, you had, there was like a freedom yeah. and you like structure, like where did those things kind of like each manifest themselves? Well, so I guess like growing up, like learning instruments or just that kind of stuff it was just like oh you're gonna like we'll sign you up for lessons and you learn it so that wasn't necessarily a choice but then that was like oh this is how we do things but I feel like sometimes I reflect on my childhood and I do think it was like freeing and like like I kind of just did things like I remember one time me and my brother we like made mud pies and it was like one of the funnest days ever like there's a picture and we're just like so dirty yeah And it's like, I mean, that's what being a kid should be. Right. Yeah. And there must've been a point. So like I was, I was homeschooled until I was in fourth. Well, wait, that's not okay. 
going back. I went to, <laughs> yeah, I went to public school until fourth grade. Okay. And then I was homeschooled from like fourth to eighth grade. Okay. And then I went like back to public school because um, the structure was good for me. And, and so I guess that's just one of those things. But then the structure of public school was good. Yeah. 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 Well, because like, oh my gosh, it's, it's like a whole other topic, like schooling and just like me as a kid. Because like I was, I mean, me and my brother, we just like goof around and like if our mom wasn't there, we just watch TV and then yeah. like she'd drive up and we're like, quick, turn off the TV and like grab Do a book. That. And and the thing yeah. is, like it also there were certain things that I did well in homeschool because those were things I gravitated towards yeah. anyway. Like yeah. just like English and like art say, and that kind of stuff was English. easy. Yeah. And but that's the thing. Then I was it was coming up on eighth grade and I was kind of deficient in math. Yeah. So I did like um I think it must have been like the second half of eighth grade was technically at a private school down the street. And then I went like back to public school. And like I said, the structure was good for me. And I think, I guess that's something I then realized that it's like, like there's certain things that like you need to get done. And unless you have the structure, somebody making you do it, you're probably not going to do it. Yeah. But it was hard for me as a kid. Cause I feel like I missed out on some like critical social years. Yeah. Like that's like a really, just like you learn like people's cues and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. So like that, that was interesting. And so I guess also just like growing up, like I felt like I had the freedom, but then probably around that period too, like transitioning to public school is when I felt like I lost some of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Like I definitely became like, it's so interesting. Cause if you knew me in high school, you like, I was totally a wallflower. Like yeah. I was like, I just want to, I want to blend in. I don't really want anybody to notice me. And then for some reason, junior year, I decided to bleach my hair. Like, it's so interesting to me. I like, I reflect yeah. on my life choices. And like, I remember what I felt like. I remember being like, I definitely felt like more of a shy person in high school. Yeah. Like I just, you know, I wouldn't be the first person to talk to somebody. And yeah, like I didn't always want the attention or something, but then I would make these choices and it was like, Oh my gosh, we're the same. I like, I was like, really how did you things. expect, like you bleach your hair, like people are going to notice you. But yeah. I also, I guess that was also me just being me. Like when I want to do something, yeah. I do it. Yeah. It's almost like, well, okay. This is something that like plagues me. Are you like an overthinker? Like, oh yeah. Like, okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, okay. One million percent. I, I, like I wasn't sure, <laughs> but like, yeah. So I, I, I like still, this is like a main thing that I feel like I'm still trying to like figure out about how to like be a person in the world. But like, yeah, I get so stressed out about, or like not even just, I get preoccupied. I get fixated on people. Like the worry that people will assume that I did an action for the wrong, like the, a reason that's wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, like that's just like, like being kind of misunderstood or like my actions, like being taken out of context it just like really bothers me. And I'm sure some of that is like just my personality and kind of like the mm -hmm. neuroses that I was going to have no matter what. Right. And a lot of it is like my parents were always just misunderstanding me. So, yeah. um, <laughs> and like getting me in trouble for things that like, I just, I just never felt like I got to explain like my perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like this kind of thing of like, you're bleaching your hair because like you want to, not because you like want attention, mm -hmm. but like you're going to get attention. But then that's but not then, necessarily a consequence, but that's something that happens because of it. But it's like, yeah. And then it's almost like, but I don't really want this attention, but like, I don't know. It's like very confusing. Right. It's kind of confusing, but it's also at the same time, I guess, like I didn't care because the, the whole thing is like, that was me in high school. And the thing is, I wouldn't say that's me anymore. Well, and this is like, one reason why I like to talk, 
talk about our childhoods and like I feel like some of the ways that we like I assume that for people who maintain creativity into their adulthood Mm -hmm. there are some reasons why that's happened like and it might be you know I think some creatives talk about it like well this is inevitable like no one was taking the creativity out of me like I just came this way and this is how I am and I think a lot of us can also imagine an adulthood in which like we didn't quite uh in which we took a different path Um, oh yeah and so I I love talking with people about like how did you problem solve it? And I think some of these things that we're figuring out in our teens, just with our like literally undeveloped brains mm-hmm. are just like, we're throwing things at the wall. We're like, we're problem solving. We're trying to figure it out. So yeah, I'd love to hear like, like what this hair bleaching, like how you think about yeah. it now or like well, that this is a stand so in for any of those things. The other interesting thing too, like, I mean, yeah, like people get, that's like a, a time in your life where you're just like, trying hats on or what you're just like trying these yeah. new things and seeing how you feel about them and it is interesting though because like I think it was that same year so it was the beginning of junior year I bleached my hair and I think it was that same year it was that Christmas I asked for a sewing machine for mm-hmm. um for Christmas and that to me is one of the biggest creative things I do and it's something I've I've done basically ever since then and it's it's another thing where it's like I honestly I don't know where it came from like wow. it's just like something I decided I wanted to do or I don't yeah. like I mean it, it's also back when Project Runway was pretty big sure. so like that you know you just had like played oh, yeah. into it but like people would always ask me they're like oh what made you like want to learn to sew and I'd be like oh, you know what I just like I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas and like I've been sewing ever since yeah. then yeah. and that to me um was probably like a big influence to not like in changing my personality but in like giving me the tools to express myself in a way like that I couldn't before totally so it just it that was and that was probably you know like very freeing too yeah I guess because I would definitely see like a change like that would probably be if I'm like you know defining like a key year like that's like everything changed after that year I hear a lot of people say similar things about their medium like and I I mean because this will be like my I think this is, this is, I've done at least 110 interviews. That's crazy. It's like, I can't, (laughs) between like the episode that I'm releasing and how many backlog of interviews, Mm -hmm. it's somewhere in there. Like it'll be like 110 or 12 or something. But so anyway, all of this to say, I've had a similar conversation with a lot of creatives and I find that some people will talk about their medium or their main medium, like, I mean, it was almost like they were a prodigy in that thing. But I think a lot of us are just creative Mm -hmm. and the mediums that we find ourselves in are more of a circumstantial, like, Mm -hmm. you know, there was a piano in the house or my parents had a a nice camera or there were paints or like project runways on and you teenage Emily gets this idea. Like like, you can make your own clothes. Yeah. And it's not, and I, I totally, totally hear you with this idea that it's not like, it's not like it was like a change. Like you're changing your personality. It's like you need something in order to like develop it. Mm -hmm. Like maybe you kind of know that there's like something. Mm -hmm. Did it, did it feel like that to you? Yeah. Yeah. Like, and it, And I was able to express myself, you know, like in a way I couldn't before. And I think like maybe I hadn't realized that I wanted to express myself before. Like, you know, I was talking about those sandals when I was two and then it was like, oh, here's a way that like I no longer have to like, I don't know, find something that like 
I like off the shelf or whatever and like shopping and like gravitating towards it. But like, like, like finding the fabric, like the textile print or whatever, like yeah. finding that first. And then, I mean, you can turn it into any shape you want, yeah. but, and I, I get what you're saying with circumstantial. Cause like, to me, I feel like people are creative and you can like express that in so many different ways. Right. And it's kind of just what's around you and right. what you like. So yeah. And, and what is in the zeitgeist at that time? Like, yeah, you know, cause I think that's a good point. Like, and not to say that like it's because of project runway but yeah. certainly these kinds of things like we get ideas and this the zeitgeist could also be like you know you have a neighbor down the street who plays guitar and like that gives you a little idea or like mm -hmm. you know um maybe one more question about your childhood just because like i just i just <laughs> find it so fascinating it's like, really interesting i love i love it like it just feels so rich to like think about and it's unknowable too which is also fun yeah. but um yeah, to just think about like where these little threads come from and like, I don't know, it's full of possibility. And I, I don't know, sometimes I feel like if we can think about all the possibility we had as children and kind of go like, look what happened. We mm -hmm. can also like be like, what possibility do you have right now? Like, yeah, it's just like an exciting retrospect is interesting because it implies like future spect. Yeah, too. <laughs> it's like dual. Right. I think about it like that. And maybe that's because like I'm. 33 and i'm like mm -hmm. i'm at like the perfect age where i have like yeah kind of so like much a left a midway like, yeah well, not quite midway no, but I a mean, very like good moment to reflect it's on like, the past and maybe future. this is like insensitive i i don't think it is but it's like midway of like the years that your body is gonna do what you want it to do maybe yeah midway of the good years <laughs> yeah mid midway of the years where you have like hopefully full mobility yeah i don't know that's that's fair. That's yeah. Does that seem fair? I don't that know. That seems fair. Yeah. <laughs> seems like, I mean, it seems accurate. This, I'm also like 30, ageist. so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> sorry if we offended. And it, you're great. I'm sure you enjoy your life. We are aware but... of our limited young perspectives. Yeah. At least I think I am aware of it. I don't know what it is, but I'm aware that I'm sure I'm I'm unaware of plenty of things. Mm -hmm. I'm aware that I there's much I don't know. Um, my question was going to be. Do you, did you, do you remember feeling as a, as a child or as a teen, like unique or different? Mm. That's interesting. Cause I don't know. I mean, I, I think as a kid, I also struggled with like self doubt during that period too. So as I was like, okay. yeah, well, yeah. Like as a teen, but yeah, not okay. as a kid, as a kid, I'm I mean, like, woo, it's all bouncing a kid, off the walls, but having fun. But yeah, definitely more a teen, like going to high school, like trying to make friends mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Um, oh my gosh, I literally just lost my train of thought. So did you, that's okay. Did, did you feel unique or, or oh, different? So, which is not um, necessarily the same thing. But, yeah. So I like yeah. struggled with self doubt and, um, I think sometimes people would tell me I was unique or something and I'd be like, Oh, okay. And I went through a period where I like, I liked people describing me like yeah. that. Like that's that was like, that was yeah. like, I was like, yes. Like that's what I wanted everybody to say about me. Yeah. And then, um, I have this thing. I watch a lot of uh, wedding shows cool. <laughs> and like every bride 
ever has used the word unique to describe her wedding. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And so I feel mm -hmm. like after that, I was like, I mean, unique, I think is still like a great word, but I also feel like it's limiting and not, and doesn't really describe someone fully. Tell me everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like it was like unique I'm like oh cool different like can't you come up with like a better more original word because like like I feel like people would use that word to describe me because like I was you know different and unique from somebody they'd met but I also felt like they were still putting me in a box yes I'm like no 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 like you're not like you think you understand me but you still don't understand me because you're using a word to describe me that that's not like it's it's not enough yeah 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 I I totally agree. (laughs) And like this answer is like the reason why I like this, this type of question. Cause Mm -hmm. it's like, no matter what the answer is, it's fraught, which I think is like the whole point. Like, and that's, that's like what creativity is. Like in my opinion, anyway, creativity is like seeing multiple perspectives at the same time. Like, you know, something is only different or unique based on like what, the parameters you're considering right it's like, it's a based on your perspective premise yeah yeah um but also like i mean i think if someone asked me this question i would say like i definitely felt unique as a child but i just assumed that every child felt unique because mm-hmm. like we are you know like yeah i mean i'm a person who kind of like is i'm just inter- i'm interested in like individuality like right i'm interested in like the things that are unique about a person and there are going to be things that are unique about every person. But yeah, I agree with you. Like saying like a person is unique is like, we all have things that are like pretty <laughs> Tell standard. Me more. <laughs> like, we all have things that are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And, and also like just the simple fact that like, like I remember being as a, chi- as a child and I, s- I still do this now, like just looking at another person and just feeling like, overwhelmed and like so excited by the idea that like that person knows their inside of mind like I know mine like Mm -hmm. that each person kind of has like I don't know just like something so exciting about being like the pilot of like yeah this brain yeah so that actually reminded me of something when I moved to New York for the first time I read about this word called sonder and there was for it yeah um and I think it was kishibashi has a like album called like Sonderlust or something anyway that's like how I learned the word and it was just really interesting learning that word right before I went to New York because the idea is that there's like people that like are basically background characters in your life like that person you're riding the bus with and like you don't know anything about them and you never see them again but like that person has the same thought like their thoughts and feelings are just as important as yours but like you know nothing about them so then no like learning something like that and moving to a city like new york it was really interesting but also super overwhelming because i'd be on the subway and i'd be like that person has a story and that person has a story and i'd just be like this is it's crazy and like felt like that as a little kid like that was just something that felt like very intuitive to me as a child so like i felt super unique but i also just felt like doesn't everybody but yeah I, I think some people don't as much like and even just you know yeah, asking th- people this question I I know some people don't <laughs> like that's so interesting because I feel like I feel the same as you yeah I'm like oh I mean not everybody feels unique but I have met people throughout my life and I'm like oh yeah I guess like we're well, just different it- in that way or just like they 
it's it just also maybe yeah. something in like your kind of value system. And I'm like, you know, use that word with every grain of salt. But like, I think some people take a lot of pride or like they feel kind of like a value about being in a group like mm-hmm. and whether that group is just like their little family like like we have an identity like I think a lot of people mm-hmm. feel very like like their identity is in like a we and like the power is in like the we mm-hmm. and like I just have never been like that like yeah so like I could see how in yeah. that setting maybe unique and like individuality you're not as like that's just not something you're interested in yeah it's- like a like a group culture is less interesting like just Mm -hmm. it's just less interesting maybe um or like yeah it feels to me very like boring like uh, what else (laughs) like what else is there which is yeah I'm sure you're the same way which is part of why you majored in Asian studies (laughs) right I know what else like what else is there (laughs) it was it's the craziest thing to me because I'll like I when I meet somebody new and I like you know you just like have these little tidbits about yourself that you tell people and it was just, it was always so fascinating to me because I'd meet someone new and I'd tell them this stuff and they'd be like, oh man, that's so interesting. And I'm like, oh, like, you mean not everybody's life story is that way? Where like, yeah, they just, I don't know, no, like I, I had different interests and I like wanted to travel and just like anything I was interested in, I did. And now like, I I get that I'm still not that old, yeah. but I like, You've I'm made, now this age yeah. that I am. And I, in some ways have like all these different experiences that like other people yeah haven't had because they just didn't do it about like this is maybe you are totally feeling a different way but (laughs) I also you know when I tell people I majored in jazz studies like that's another major that will make people be like oh like that's and I sometimes get like oddly like I get uncomfortable about it sometimes Mm. like do you like when people kind of hit you with this like that's so interesting like yeah do you feel about it 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 is funny because I I guess it's just one of those things I mean I glass I'm oh my gosh tripping over my words probably need to drink water yeah drink water (laughs) yeah I guess it's a good thing there's the mic (laughs) that I'm like I'm not in college anymore and it's in the past like it's behind me because people will be like oh Asian studies that's so interesting I'll be like yeah but to me that's like that's not current me anymore. Like oh, that's dated. That's yeah. dated Emily. I think I feel the same way. Cause like I don't do jazz anymore. And, but I think I also just feel like, like I don't know what I've never tried to articulate this before. I know it's something that I feel like I've thought about the fact that I feel it, but I don't think I've ever tried to say it, but I get a feeling sometimes that's like, like, yeah, fine. It's interesting. But like, so are all kinds of things. And mm-hmm. it's not, I don't know. It's almost like, it's almost like I'm imagining that the person is projecting onto me some kind of an idea that like I just really tried to be interesting and oh. I just feel like <laughs> I just I just majored in it like it's that's, just that's interesting because I feel like I can relate on both those thoughts yeah. where it's like oh I just did it because I was interested in it but also now that I've done it I love when people like grab onto it and like mm-hmm. find it interesting about me I'm like yeah I know really? I majored in Asian studies and I'm like <laughs> let me tell you about the other like million things I majored in after that cool. or like started or yeah, just you I know don't do that See, yeah but I don't <laughs> that's my thing I'm like oh you find me you find but me I'm cool sure and interesting like I'm like my yeah. weird baggage. but it's I didn't prob- do it on purpose it's probably because of the way that like my parents talked about my creativity hmm. and I have like weird like I just don't want people to make assumptions and I feel like as soon as I say like I majored in jazz studies I know what the assumptions mm. are gonna be that's true and uh yeah. I get 
very, I get freaked out. Like, it's almost like I want to keep it a little secret so that people will like pay attention to the right things and then understand that thing in the right context. Yeah. I think if more people majored in Asian studies, people would have assumptions about yeah, me, but I'm sure. pretty sure they haven't met anybody else like, that like majored like, in Asian studies. I think majoring in art and again, this is mm. probably also my baggage, but majoring in any kind of an art, I think in our predominantly like Mormon culture, maybe yeah. also reads as like a certain kind of like vanity. Like it almost mm. reads like, Oh, you think you're hot shit, which like I definitely didn't think I was hot shit yeah. when I majored in jazz studies. I just thought jazz was like very interesting in like this very cerebral kind of way like it felt very nerdy to me. Mm-hmm. It didn't feel like I'm going to be a big star, you know? Like yeah. It, it didn't yeah. it didn't feel like sequins and See, smoky bars to me. It's funny cuz you bringing that I remember cuz like I definitely after high school I could have like majored in fashion design and just done it then. And there was a part of me that was like, "Oh no, like either I felt like I couldn't fully commit to it or just didn't feel good enough or like whatever it was, yeah. but I was I I definitely made a conscious choice to like not major in something creative but it's just funny because like I couldn't I couldn't do the like major in business major in math or like that kind of thing like me majoring in Asian Asian studies was me trying to be like I'm gonna get a real degree I think I was doing the same thing like (laughs) I think like I think jazz studies felt so academic to me Mm -hmm. like the way that I was interpreting that as a 17 18 year old was very like this is a track to being a college professor. It's very composition heavy. It's very theory heavy. Like it felt very serious to me. Mm -hmm. And you know, now I'm like way like my, my like, you know, expression as an artist now is way more free and way more colorful than I thought it was going to be when I was 17. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so it's just like, I don't know. It's almost, yeah, I get, I get, um, preoccupied with like the potential for misinterpretation okay um which i said before yeah <laughs> yeah but it, it's, <laughs> it's so interesting because when you talked about <laughs> being an overthinker there's definitely certain things i overthink but then i think there's other things that i like in a way underthink yeah like the blonde hair thing or just whatever like i i didn't overthink i'm like oh but what are people gonna think of me what are yeah. they but like and there's other like things i've done in my life yeah and it's like i guess if it's something I want to do enough or if I feel a certain way about it, like I just do it and yeah. I don't think, I think about I'm what like people, that too. I, I which will, is good because yeah. you don't want to overthink action, but I do, everything. I told this to my therapist too. Like <laughs> it's an important distinction, but like I overthink after I've made the decision. Yeah. Like I make the decision. I'm, I'm, and my husband would tell you too, like I'm an excessively decisive person. Like mm-hmm. I don't overthink a decision. I just overthink after the decision, like, <laughs> like my actual actions, my actions are very like immediate. Mm-hmm. Like I make super quick decisions. I go on like a gut instinct, but then like, yeah, I overthink like, like sometimes afterwards, I overthink afterward like, oh and not like rethinking the decision. Like I know the decision was good. Mm-hmm. I just overthink like everything around it. Yeah. Stupid. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It's I mean, like or being it's human totally and not yeah. like, it makes sense like, in the context of like my childhood. I think. Yeah. 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 
Um, makes sense you've talked to your therapist about it. <laughs> it makes I have, sense that I've talked I'm to my remember, There was something it. I said the other day and I was like, my therapist says like, <laughs> do you follow that account on Instagram? No, it's, it's great. There's my a lot of stuff on there and my therapist, my therapist as well. And it, yeah, there's just certain things and it's like, some of it is actually really helpful. Like, oh yeah, I need to remember that. And some of it's just, it's just funny. Yeah. Cause like you just relate, like everybody relates to it on a human level. I know. It's so funny. I, I love this kind of thing too, which is also why I love having this kind of a conversation that's just like, <laughs> let's talk about the weird things behind the things we do. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the time that you were graduating from high school, what, what like mediums did you like were on your radar? Were you writing? Um, were you, what was, oh, I was doing? never, never a writer. Never writing. writing, writing actually for me was something that like up until college I really struggled with. Mm-hmm. Like, um, like I was an okay writer, but I didn't really enjoy it. And then after college and like, you know, being a humanities major, you yeah. read and write a lot yeah. and I got a lot better at it. So, and, but I would never say it's something I enjoyed anyway. You <laughs> I don't read, know why. Were you reading in high school? Um, yeah, I read. I probably actually read more now than I did okay. in high school. Yeah. I have a friend who's a librarian, so cool. I'm always like, but like when I say I read, it's like, I read like YA and that kind of stuff, yeah. but it's like, I, you read what you enjoy. Like yes. just because somebody else wouldn't call it serious doesn't mean it like has to belittle your joy in it. So hundred percent yeah um but okay. there's just that part of me that's always like i read ya i well Why do i, I mean, have to i read it? like true crime which is also cool yeah it's cool and really basic but also really basically interesting <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so so you were making a lot of you were yeah making so i'd been i'd been sewing for like about i guess like a year and a half then and so the, the other funny thing is in high school like um at first I like sewed from patterns, but then there was, then I started like drafting my own stuff. Like I took, um, a screen print, yeah. Screen printing class in high school, which was like one of my favorite classes in high school. Like, and so I did this print that it was, I had this like historical costume book from this like museum in Kyoto and, um, to Kyoto in high high school. No, 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 no. So like, okay. Um, okay. So when I was in high school, I worked, do you remember black chandelier at all? It's Mm. this store here in Utah that was kind of like, yeah, but I'll just, I'll describe it. Tell me about it. (laughs) So it's called black chandelier and it's cool. It actually, there was like a designer behind it. His name was Jared gold. And I ended up working there. I think it was pretty much like my junior year of high school because they had one at fashion place mall. I think it ended up closing. And then I did like the gateway one and, and trolley square yeah yeah okay (laughs) like that was that's what it was called and you know that probably had a big influence me influence on me in terms of like fashion design because like the stores I shopped at growing up like it wasn't like somebody there was like a person designing it it was just like it was just a a item of clothing on a hanger like it didn't mean anything um Oh yeah. That's where I was going. Anyway, they, so they were kind of, their fashions were different. Like he, I, there's this epic coat. I need to get it back for my sister. I hope she has it. Anyway, he found, he was like dumpster diving and he found this fabric in a dumpster in LA and it was like old airplane seat material. What? Yeah. But he created, it was, it was definitely very like Russian influence. Like it had this fur collar and it had like these epaulets or like it was, it had, it had a capelet, I think. Cool. And it was like, it was like gray. And I think it had a pink, it had pink stripes in it. It was really interesting fabric and like from far away, but you came up close and you could tell it was very like upholstery utilitarian okay. kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. But so that was cool. And anyway, they, their thing was kind of like oddities. Like they had these like cool. weird screen prints and that kind of stuff, but they had like books 
that and were, you, I think it was like Taunton Prep. It was like one cool. of those, like, anyway, I think they must have had one there that was like, I think it's called History of Costume Design or something. Awesome. And so like, it's this like two part and it has like, um, I think the ones like everything before the night. Oh, no, actually, I think it's everything before 20th century and then 20th century is its okay, own cool. thing. And so this store, why did you apply for a job there? Um, you know, I think it's so fashion place mall is in Murray and that's where I grew up. Like okay. I went to Murray high, like go Spartans. We, I have no school pride. I don't know. Okay. I just like hyped them on it's this podcast. Like <laughs> I went to Something like one football game yeah. and I think one basketball game <laughs> in my entire high school career anyway, but like fashion place mall, it was just down the street and, you know, being a teenager, like I know it's cliche, but like, that's where you hung out. Uh, yeah. But I'm wondering if like there was something about that store that like, I think just I mean, yeah, I definitely think I gravitated towards it. It just in terms of like the design and also just like it, it being weird and different. Cause especially in Utah, just like sometimes it can feel very like everything's the same. And I'm telling you, like if you were in the mall, like this store was like no other store. Yeah. Like, and it, it was tiny, Yeah. but it like, it it was cool. Did you know that there was a designer behind it or did you learn? You know, I probably, nope, I don't think I did at first. Like we're just just like walking down and then we're like, Ooh, what is this store? You can feel that kind of, yeah. I, again, like, I don't think I've quite thought about this before, but like when I was in high school, I was, I think I felt unique in this same kind of like Sonder kind of a way, Mm -hmm. but I was very determined to, I don't know, like meet all the expectations of the adults in my life, which were all very cookie cutter expectations. Mm -hmm. And in most, in the vast majority of ways, I think I presented and carried myself in a, in an extremely like by the book kind of a way, except I would occasionally wear like full on leopard print pants before that was a thing that was normal. You know, like I did, there were things, there were things that I would just be like, these pants are too good for me, a very shy person to not wear with heels. Yeah. Which is for sure what I would do. Um, That's great though. Yeah. I mean, like when you said like, when you were talking about your hair, I was like, I know this feeling. Like, yeah. I did similar things. Do you remember that show, like what not to wear? It was on TLC yeah, yeah. and they would like go through and give people Stacey the rules. Like Stacy and Clinton the thing is growing up. I used to love watching that show. And then I got to a point where I hated it because what they did is I felt like they took people's personality, personality away and made them all look the same. I'm like, no, that lady that loved wearing those oversized tie dye shirts, like yeah. let her do that because yeah. that to me was her expressing yeah, herself instead yeah. of like, Oh, well, if you wear a pencil skirt, like it'll lengthen your legs. And like, I, yeah. I get it like you, cause you want to wear something flattering, but that's like my biggest thing with people. Like, I want you to wear something that like feels like you it like one time, you, like express your inner to your outer. Yeah. Yeah. One time I, I went to lunch with a friend and he was wearing, and he works, uh, he's a pastry chef cool. at a, like at Eva's downtown. Privacy. Anyway, like, Super cool. But his outfit, I was just like this. I love this so much because he was wearing like, I think it was like purple, white, teal Crocs and then like leopard leggings. Awesome. Um, a 
pretty big fanny pack and then a like oversized sweater that was like blue and black or whatever. And to some people, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, how could you put that together? And I was like, I love that you put this together and you're wearing it to lunch like this. That's what I want everybody to be like. Not that everybody has to be colorful or mixed prints, but I want everybody to have that freedom, like expressing themselves through what they wear. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. I was going to say, though, like I joined the speech and debate team and a lot of the kids on the speech and debate team were like alternative kids who Mm -hmm. were, you know, for like Mesa, Arizona, super Mormon high school just meant like liberal, like they were Democrats. Okay. At a time when I I was like, I think Utah high school were children. Yeah. But, and so even though I, in my brain was like, I not only am definitely not going to declare myself a Democrat, but I also just like, don't think about politics because I'm 16. Right. Um, I felt like very interested in being around them because I felt like you you guys like know who you are <laughs> like, or like are trying to or mm-hmm. something like it felt really valuable. And that I'm thinking maybe the store felt like that, too. Like, you yeah, could just almost tell like there's a different value system at play here that mm-hmm. I need some of. Yeah. Like, like I, I hadn't been introduced before. And once I was, I was like, Oh, this is like, this is something I really like. So you had the book that was yeah. a long diversion. No, My but I'm bad. glad we're getting back yeah. to this. <laughs> like, and it's something I hadn't thought about in so long. I was like, Oh, black chandelier. And like, there's yeah. things in your life that you don't think influence you as like a creative person yeah. or just as a person. And you're like, no, but it did. Like, yeah. And you wonder, I wonder how much <laughs> advocacy I had in those moments. Like how much of it was, like random Mm -hmm. and how much of it is like my young self was like taking me to the places I needed to be. This is where, yeah, Yeah. it is so interesting to think about that. Yeah. So I took a screen printing class and I picked a print of a lady from like the 18th century, very Marie Antoinette, like wearing like the ship in her hair. Right. Cool. Um, And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. And so like, I then did kind of like a series of dresses where like there was like the center panel and there were like the seams and I did like piping or something in that. But like I had this like cool center panel and that's what I would do the print on. Um, I think I still have that screen print and it's like, it's probably like one of the most valuable things to me because I'm just like, I just thought it was so cool. And that was one of the first times where I felt like I'd like design something from like beginning to end, I guess. Like, cause like just picking a, fabric and then picking a pattern like doesn't always feel like the most creative thing like you're putting them together but when it's like no I have this idea in my head and I'm gonna like draft this stuff or different stuff to get to that point and like it's funny because I reflect on it now like they were definitely not like best fitting things I made and all that kind of stuff but anyway I made those in high school and people uh, just everybody be like, Oh, you should be on project runway. You should be on project runway. And so that was one of those things being like a person who was sewing and like enjoying expressing that, like my creativity that way. Like, it's like, just because you sew doesn't mean you should be on project runway. Cause yeah. that to me, were, those were two different things. And yeah. I guess that's something that to me is still different. Cause I definitely consider myself more of a sewer. Like I've dabbled in fashion design, but it's like, it's different. Cause like, to me, like, I now, like, make all my own clothes, like, you know, and it's just me expressing myself, whereas, like, you know, fashion designers, it's not always about dressing yourself, it's, like, dressing other people, but you have these, like, designs and that kind of stuff, and you want to express yourself that way, and, but it was just so interesting to me, everybody was always, like, oh, you sew, you should be on project, and I was, like, no, 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 it's, like, a different skill set. Like, yeah, you, like, it's almost, like, 
people assuming that like your sewing is somehow related to like wanting to be participating in this like fame machine. Like I think well, and I think a the lot American Idol syndrome is really similar. Yeah. And like telling someone that you have a music degree, I think they just like relate it in a way that they don't have like, anything else to relate it to. So yeah. they're just like, Oh, like sewing. Oh, I, Oh yeah. That, that yeah. show on Where, TV. Like, like that must be what people do. And it's like, this thing is like very private and brainy. Well, and, and also there's just like a ton of other ways to express it right. besides just like taking it onto a TV show. And like, right. I would watch those people on project Runway and be like, I don't want to do that. That looks like stressful and yeah. hell. Like, I don't want to like, do that. Having these specific assignments. That's also something that always like yeah. that. I, and also some of those people were terrible sewers. Like yeah. it was like, yeah, it was like fashion design can be a totally different thing. Sure. But I did enjoy, I did enjoy watching the show at that time, but watching I went through a period where I like stopped watching it. Yeah. Cause I was like, I don't know on strike or whatever, but now I'm like oh, project runway. Like I, I've done the same thing. Yeah. I yeah. also had like an, <laughs> like a rage against like American Idol, the voice, the X factor for God, like so a many time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there are so many the singing <laughs> shows I think sometimes about this too as a teacher like I wish sometimes I wish we could go back to a time where like all the children we were teaching like had never seen reality tv performance shows man yeah. how far back would you have to go though like to my childhood I think exactly yeah and then I think I think like but then it makes me wonder like were all voice students like me when I was a kid like, were all of my teachers students like me? Hmm. Or was I, like, actually a little different from the other kids? Yeah. Because I just know, I just, I long for a student like myself. Like, so And you probably badly. can't find him anymore. I don't think they exist anymore. Too much reality TV out there. There is. Like, people just have the wrong idea of, like, like, it's not even. Like, how to sing or just, anymore. like, their reasons for singing. That, that yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. Like people care so much. It's like, it's just, it's about fame. Like people can't, it doesn't even occur to people. Like, here's what I want to say. I have so many students who don't like music. They don't Mm. like, they don't even like music. They just like, they want to be an influencer. Mm -hmm. And like the music is just a vehicle for that. But like, they're not lit up. Like if you ask them, like, who's your favorite singer? Like they can barely tell you because it's not, it's just like not about that. sounds like a really bad combination. It like, makes me sad. Yeah. Cause that's a thing with me for music that it's like, I mean, if I didn't feel the way I did about music, like I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Cause totally. it's all about the joy. And that, that for me is probably my thing in all creative things I do. Like yeah. it's a hundred percent about the joy. Like yeah, it's too. never been about. Um, well, not the fame because I'm not famous, but like about pursuing the fame or, or about just building like some kind of an identity for yeah. other people or like other people yeah. enjoying it. It's literally always been about my enjoyment because like for me, I think I'll joke with people sometimes like, oh, man, if I could like get paid to make my own clothes, then I'd be set because that's the, the joy for me because I've actually like recently and that's like I don't know that's probably like in my history of things it's always like it's always this cycle where like I'm doing creative things and then it's like you know is there a way I can like integrate this into my life or what I do for work because pretty much my whole life what I've done for work has not been something I think that reflects on me creatively so I'll go through these phases where I try to integrate it and so recently I was like doing that again and I was like oh maybe I could do more like commissions and like you know sewing things for people and I actually made a pair of overalls for a girl and I mean it was a good experience but like it still made me realize that like the joy for me is definitely in like 
doing it for myself and getting to wear it at the end. Like I definitely still enjoy sewing, but like when I turn it into more of like a monetary thing, it just like, it feels more of like a chore. Yeah. Yeah. But I am probably going to start teaching sewing and that's something I've done before and I, I do enjoy it. And that's something to me I like passing on because like, I want other people to feel the same joy I do when I make things for myself. I would love to take sewing lessons from you actually. Okay. I asked for a sewing machine for Christmas last Yay! year. Did you get one? I did. Oh, what did you get? I like don't a, even know. Like a singer or it's a... It's still in the box. A brother? Brothers are told, really good. I, t- I think it's brother. Okay, yeah. beginners? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I was telling someone the other day, like, it's still in the box because I have been so... That's a first step, So though. busy this year. Yeah. First feels, step. You got like the, the machine. The intention is set and it's there. Yep. And... You're ready. Yeah. And when, when you're ready. Yeah. When I'm ready, it's there. <laughs> Thanks for, like... That's great. Respecting that. Cause, no, yeah, I, people, I totally get it. Yeah. I'm like that with things. Like, I'll get, like, a new computer or something mm-hmm. and i'll just like look at it in the box for like two weeks like I, sometimes I just but i think that's like... so great that you're taking the first step because yeah. i feel like there's some people that wouldn't even take the first step yeah. like people that'll just be like oh man i always want to learn to sew and it's like, like you do still it. can like i think and i get it life have... happens that kind of stuff well, but pe- like people you're still like fear. putting that intention out there to- totally i i totally i totally feel that yeah <laughs> and like it's important to like to me anyway, it's important to like harness that intention, like while it feels like ripe. Yeah. Um, like to, to solidify that action somehow, like mm-hmm. at least start the thing, which for something like sewing to me, feels like get a sewing machine. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, if that wave like passes, like I have the sewing machine and it will come back. Yeah. But the um, next wave hits and yeah, it's there but I ready. think a lot of adults, cause I, I teach a fair amount of adults, adult beginners too. And I think, I think it's really terrifying for people to be bad at something as an adult. Oh my gosh. That's yeah. I don't have that. Like I don't, I, (laughs) I have no, I have no shame with that kind of thing, but like you have no shame in being a beginner in something. Yeah. And like, okay. Like I don't mind that. And I'm genuinely, I'm the same way. And it's so interesting because it is definitely uncomfortable and I don't enjoy it, but I also like that I'm a person that'll do that. Cause like, like, I mean, I took a a woodworking class last year at the community college and, and that's the thing. I'm like, I'm always learning these new things and it's like, like, I guess creativity overlaps. Right. But then like you, like there are things that are skills and it's yeah, like, of course it's like you're you starting have- from nothing. And it is, it is hard though, because you are so uncomfortable yeah. and you're usually around people who are better at it or yeah. have maybe more natural ability in the beginning yeah. at least. Like yeah. it was really interesting to me. So like <laughs> at one point I wanted to study costume design in Scotland, mostly just cause I wanted to go, I wanted to live in the UK. Yeah. And that was something I was like, that feels like I can do something I could like, I would enjoy that program and that experience. And it gives me an excuse to live in the UK for like two years. It was really interesting. The people there were super nice. And there was this girl, she was actually like Greek. And so she was living there. I think she was in her second year of the master's program. And she was so good at illustrating. And that's something for me with like fashion design and just like sketching and that that's like always been my weak point. And that's something I had to work on to like do my portfolio for that program. But anyway, it was so interesting what she said to me. Um, because I looked at her illustrations and I was like, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. And she's like, people will say like, you have talent or just like different things like that. And she's like, I have worked on this every day. Like talking to her made me realize like there is talent, but there's, it gets to a certain point where it's just hard work. Yeah. yeah. Like, 
talent only gets you or natural ability only gets you so far totally and i I don't know why this is difficult for people to understand understand but yeah i mean starting something new and being like really shitty at something is frustrating and you can't do the things you want to be able to do and it's well when you're good at other things yeah and so you're bad at this thing and you're like no but i'm like i'm like good at other stuff i have never felt like it's just it's so perfectly clear to me that like of course I'm going to be bad at this. Like that, like that. It just what did feels I so think like sewing would translate to woodworking? This is like, yeah, no, I, I, like, I have no hangups there whatsoever. And I'll, I'll sit with like adult students sometimes that like, they're like surprised that they're bad at it. And I'm like, of course you're <laughs> bad at this. Like you've never, and they'll be like, well, you I feel do like it I so easily. The same way though. I even though like when I, like that. well in my head or something, yeah. like it's like, Oh, I'm going to sign up for voice lessons and I'm going to be like an amazing singer. Then, like, yeah. cause that was just, well, you I had something I thought was like, music, cool. which, like, I think having a background in music, it means something like you're going, right. you already have learned. Like I've learned learn new instruments skills. and it's yeah. like, so like I learned piano growing up and like, I then learned to play accordion and I learned to recorder and those are like keyboard based. Yeah. So like part of it translates but you are also starting over yeah totally so, well and i i mean i don't remember you being one of these people but sometimes <laughs> people will be like you do it so well and i'm like i have a master's degree like you've been doing this you for know like that ten thousand like hour rule like 15, i broke it a long time yeah. ago like, no and and that's the other thing yeah there's just and so i wasn't like in that way like i didn't think like i was going to start it and suddenly be amazing at it but i just there's like this disconnect between like like you want to be super good at something yeah. and then realizing like, oh, in order to be super good, like I'm going to have to, gonna have to like work that's spend a lot of time yeah. on it. <laughs> and it is interesting to me. So I actually like I can lay out my New York history in a clear way or I can just like reference it in ways that come up um, because, OK, where was I going with this? Like the second time I was in New York, I lived in Brooklyn, which was like a million times better. And I actually, I was back at FIT again, but it was like a different program this time. Um, it was continuing ed and it was costume design cool. and it was like a certificate program. And so I did it cause what I, what I guess what I, you know, and it takes you time to realize, right? Like, like, so I started to sew and I like, Oh, I like sewing clothes for myself. And then fashion design kind of came in. But to me, like, I just, I didn't gravitate towards like, Oh, I'm going to like design a collection and it's going to be mass marketed. Like that definitely wasn't my thing. And somehow like, um, so yeah, I've, like I'm a musician and I've played with local bands and so like dressing musicians, I was kind of like, yeah. Oh, like that could definitely totally be a good like, fit. Yeah. And then from there, I guess I kind of um, realized costume design was a thing. And I was like, that's, that would definitely be more like my area where it's like one of a kind pieces and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because I'm, I was, I didn't want to just like do a design and have somebody else make it. Cause yeah. part of what I enjoy is the making process. Right. That makes perfect sense to me. Um, but I actually, so I was like doing the program and stuff and there was this one really frustrating date where the, like the teacher was basically like, you don't need this program. Like, you're, if this is what you're going to, you want to do, you're going to struggle every day, you know, and you're like, you're going to give your resume to like a million people, blah, blah. He was saying all this stuff. And the thing is like, I appreciate his realism. Cause I feel like sometimes you sign up for things and you're like, Oh, I'm going to do this thing. And then I'm going to get discovered. You know, like you just think everything's going to happen like magically. Cause you did this mm-hmm. one thing, mm-hmm. which is what I've realized doesn't happen. That's optimism. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, well, like, Oh, I'm going to start this thing. And then, you know, it'll just like lead. And that does happen where like, 
because you did one thing, it leads to like a different opportunity and, and stuff. I think having that kind of optimism is it's this like sometimes I think optimism and motivation are one and the same. Mm-hmm. At least for me, they are. Like sometimes I need yeah. to have this kind of like unrealistic. Right. Or what would your motivation be? But so, yeah, we had a day like that in class. And I think I'd been there for like at least a couple months at that point. And the the program was kind of interesting because the class would just be like two or three weeks, like one time a day. And it was because it was continuing ed. Like it wasn't like like a ton of. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually a lady. I think she commuted from Florida or anyway, because she just had to come once a once a week and now they actually do the whole thing online. I was like, now would be the time to finish that certificate. But it did, it got me thinking and actually got me thinking in a way where I like stopped going to classes. And what I realized is like, I'm like, okay, I'm in New York. And if I really want to do costume design, I can stay here and I can like, I can struggle, you know, to like get a job on Broadway or like whatever it is I want to do, but I have to want that struggle. And what I realized is like, that's not the struggle I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. I would much rather do whatever for work and get to do like my creativeness as like my hobbies and stuff instead of putting that pressure. And I, but that's the thing, like, you know, people that want to struggle, that's great. Like, but you really have to like, I think like understand that and also want it. This is such an important thing to say. And it it was, you know, something that I, that I thought about when I invited you to the podcast. Cause I, I'm, I don't know, like, I don't know like exactly what you're doing, (laughs) but like, I, I sense this and it feels really valuable to me and kind of there's something defiant about, I don't know, like claiming your own creativity as just like exactly what you want it to be. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I wish more people would do, you know, monetizing your creativity. And it's not like, first of all, it's, it's, it doesn't have to be a binary. (laughs) Like you can monetize a project here and there, but making your, making your entire living based off your creativity, uh-huh. it's not a good idea for a lot of people. Right. And not just because like you can or can't do it. Cause like you said, you, you probably, you can do it if mm-hmm. you want that hustle, but you have to want it. Yeah. Um, and not wanting it doesn't mean you're not as valuable as right. a creative. I know that's, I was actually surprised when you asked me, I was like, man, I feel like everybody she's interviewed on that podcast, like yeah. they're like creative and it's their job. Cause like, that's yeah. just not, <laughs> it's not even not what I've done. I do, th- but it's there just are a lot of people that I invite yeah. that just say no. Cause they just think like, like I'd like oh. to talk to more people who like, okay. Are more diverse, but a lot of people just say no. Cause I think they feel like they aren't allowed to own. Isn't their that so interesting. And I feel like that's it something I've struggled with over the years. And I've, that's something I've come to realize after like moving to New York twice and coming back to Utah that like, it's okay for your creativity to just be your hobby and to do something else as your day job, because it does for me, it like just the stress and like also the demand Mm -hmm. on like your creative energy and stuff. And they're like, depending on what you're doing, there's certain things that it's like that, that works great. And there's other things that's like, imply that you're like honoring your creativity more. Like, well, and I, it's, isn't it interesting that as a society, that's kind of what we made it seem. And even as creative people, like creative people, we to do it each to ourselves other. and we do it to each other. Yeah. And I think we're it's bullshit, like, which is why, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm here on this podcast and we're calling it bullshit. Yeah, we like, are. Even if you don't do it, it for your job, like, your, yeah. creati- your creativity is just as valid. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, well, I mean. And sometimes you can be you can be more creative if you're not limited mm-hmm. by having to make things that other people 
are asking you for. Right. Or when I was looking to do commissions, I was like, okay, hey, but I'm only going to like, if somebody's interested in my design design, I'll make it, but I don't want to work with people. And basically they design it and I just make it. I'm like, no, like I'll make one of my designs. And I if you don't want it, like, you working with musicians, like, cause it seems I mean, like it's a something very... I've been doing, like thinking about for probably at least five years now. And it's like, it's something I've like tried, like, I guess a little bit and it's like kind of worked and then it kind of hasn't. And that's the thing, I guess, when you're like doing something new or just trying, like, it's something you have to continue to do and like put energy into where yeah. it kind of like yeah. stops. But well, yeah, I had like, those... man, what was my... I think I still have my website. It's more of like a blog, but I had like this dressing musicians page where I had like had a blurb and I actually had this local musician that I worked with for a little bit. And cool. like we went thrift shopping and it was going to be like, yeah. so it was like image consultation, I guess, kind of, That's but awesome. also it was yeah. like, you know, we'll find pieces if you need them customized, I'll customize yeah. them or I'll like alter them. I mean, that's them. a service that like, like I hear you like some the way you're describing yourself and your skills it's like you need to be working with other creatives mm -hmm. who don't have that as a skill <laughs> like yeah because <laughs> like, that's the kind of person that will trust you and just be like they'll trust that you have the ability to invest in who they are creatively mm -hmm. and help them execute that where like someone who's you know just a bride like yeah they they bit different it's different yeah and it's like you yeah. know whatever Neither like having a creative there, person that's like like they don't know the boundaries so they're kind of like coming up with these like crazy ideas and then like I help and like well this is what we can do but like yeah. it's just fun to have someone that like wants to go that far with it and that was my thing then when I was watching local bands I'm like come on like you're performing yeah. like what because that's that was my thing as a performer and like even when I took voice lessons from you like we did that recital that was like yeah. down in Provo yeah. and I had that like cool I called it a jack cape that I designed because yeah. it had like it had a cape on it but it was like a jacket too I, I don't know why but I think about all the time all the time like seriously at least once a month I think about you saying I'm really into capes right now. And like, just the way you said that, like, so just like matter of factly, I just was like, I just was like, yeah, you are like, yes, be into capes. It's so funny though. Cause that's, even though I'm not a designer, I still totally have like collections and trends yeah. and stuff. Like, oh, I'm really into jumpsuits. So like, like last year was a lot of like rompers for my yeah. summer look. And this year it's definitely more two pieces, like cool. long and it. like crop tops. Yeah. And uh, you were you were also making costumes for like the roller derby, right? Or like your um, own roller derby or I mean, I did something? that. Well, I think so. Actually, um, my portfolio that I did for that. What was it like University of Edinburgh? Yeah. Cool school. You didn't end up going. Well, here's the thing. Bit of a downer <laughs> here. Um, I applied and I the thing is, I did my best yeah. on that portfolio, yeah. but I knew my I knew my illustration skills were like not that great, but I tried and like at least, you know, I can say that. Right. Yeah. And so oh, I totally. submitted it and it was it came back and it was like, yeah, like the portfolio is just not strong enough. Yeah. And I was super bummed and I had this. So I actually um, I think. So I went there in February. I usually take like a birthday trip every year cool. and I tried to make it like international. And so that was 2019. And I went to Scotland cause like I wanted to check out the school and stuff. And that's like, that's when I like met that girl and we talked about different things. 
Um, and I had this picture that I'd taken. Uh, it was like at night and there were like these lights and stuff. And I was literally saving it because it was the picture I was going to use when I was like, hey, everybody, I'm moving to Scotland. I'm going to study costume oh, design, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And so I got the notice back that I hadn't been accepted to the program. And I was like, oh. And I decided to still share that picture because to me, I just felt like it was really important to be like, you know, it didn't work out how I wanted it to. But like, this is something I still want to share. Like, it's still a cool picture. And and like, it's it's still an experience. Like, it's also like, it's also like an intention. Like, I mean, that doesn't feel like a bummer to me. I mean, I get that it's grief. I get that that's grief. But like, I mean, it's all that's also really brave. Like, (laughs) I mean, it is like it it is. And, And that's the kind of thing. I, okay, I was going to say this before while you were talking and then I didn't want to interrupt you and then I forgot. Anyway, we're back. We're back. But, you know, this idea of like, oh, the thing we were saying is bullshit of like. Just because you don't do creativity. Yeah. Like your job. I think that realizing that you need to have, you know, a, a, a non-creative day job in order to preserve and honor your creativity is creative. Like, I think this is like a meta like problem solving like that. It is creative to go like, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep being a creative person and I'm going to make my money this other way. Mm -hmm. That's separate. That like support. It makes it so I can do my creativity, creative stuff like that also feels creative. Um, and I also think it's creative to see like yourself in Scotland doing costume design. Like Mm -hmm. these are all, all of these actions that we take of like, making a decision of how, where we're going to have money, which parts of our creativity are monetizable, which parts of them are kind of just ours, Mm -hmm. which parts are what, um, thinking about our lives as kind of this like fluid endeavor. I think all of that stuff is like, those are the important things. That's the stuff that like lets you be a creative person. Mm -hmm. And I think we don't talk about it enough. Totally. It is interesting though. So like that thing happened with Scotland and I was really bummed out about it. I think that was like May or something. And that's actually the reason I ended up going to Brooklyn. It's because I found out about like the continuing ed program and it like there was just this part of me like I love living in Utah, but there's always just a thing when you've been here that like sometimes it's really nice to leave. And so like I'd gotten feeling that way again, just kind of restless. Also, my 10 year high school reunion was coming up. I literally moved to Brooklyn. So I wasn't at my high school reunion. (laughs) Like, And I I remember also being (laughs) even consider remotely going back. No, but I like to me, I. I really didn't, I didn't want it to just be one of those things that I didn't show up for. I wanted it to be like, like, I wasn't there and people are like, oh, what's Emily up to? And they're like, oh man, she just moved to New York. She's studying costume. You know, like I wanted people to talk about me in that way. And it was just funny because like when I lived in New York the first time, it was really hard. And the second time around also hard, a little easier though, because I had my dog and I'd done it before and I was living in Brooklyn instead of Midtown. So that was better. But just that first month, it's always like an adjustment. And I remember just like crying and different stuff and being like, I can't believe I moved here because I didn't want to be at my high school reunion. But I'm I'm glad I did it. And like, I ended up being there longer that time and just made like a lot of good friends and had a positive experience where like leaving New York. So the first time leaving New York, people be like, would you ever move back? I'd be like, F no. Like, I don't know if I can say that on this podcast. So So I was just like, like, fuck no, I would never Now I'm going to, if my mom listens to this, be like, oh, fast forward over that part. Anyway like so adamant about it like no way like because I it was hard and it was just like not great but 
like, so it was surprising that I went back there again yeah. in the first place. And then leaving it the second time, I was like, no, like if the opportunity presented itself, I would. Cause the reason I left is I wasn't doing the program anymore. And it's like, I was working remotely and I was like, so I can live here. And I'm like, not like, it was nice being close to like the garment district and stuff. Like you could get like a zipper and like any color thread and top stitching thread you wanted. But like the cost of rent and everything, which is funny because now I moved back to Salt Lake and now Salt Lake's like crazy. But that's why I left at the time. I was like, yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not doing anything here. Why am I yeah. paying this yeah. much? But like it was definitely it was just like a much more positive experience. And like being able to see that side of New York instead of this like bitter like. Well, like yeah. And that's also like that's resilient. And I and I do think like I do think it's good to talk about these things of like. I'm not going back. And then even like the second time you're going back, like you're, it's hard still, but like these stories are indicative of like, yeah, like this kind of like a, like a, I think it takes a creative thinker to like reframe that kind of thing and be like, no, I, I guess I can go back. You know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Cause like, to some people there is the expectation. It's like, Oh, you, you moved to New York. Like you need to stay here until it works. And to me, I was just like, oh, like I'm not, yeah. I'm not into it anymore. I'm going to leave. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cause yeah. the, the cool thing is like, there's, I mean, there's still creative opportunities here. Like, of course. you know, there's I mean, a local music scene kind of and all this point, other stuff. Right? Like, like if you're a creative person, like you're going to find a way to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, I don't know. It is kind of, there's defiance in it. And I feel like I say this almost every episode, but like the, the reason why I think these conversations are important is if we can kind of get at the idea that creativity isn't sewing and it's not singing and it's not mm -hmm. songwriting, it's yeah. perspective. It's, it's thinking about what other paths you might take, how you might evolve. It's, you know, all these yeah. other things those are the kinds of like brain skills and heart skills mm -hmm. that allow like our world to change. Yeah. Well, and like you're calling them brain skills, heart skills, but it's like creative. I mean, I know you talked about it not being a skill set, but just like not like a physical skill, yeah, yeah. but like I totally like a think thing they're that, skills. They're just, yeah. Yeah. I like totally not in a skills. tangible, like, oh, I can only express it in sewing, but it's just like that's what makes you a creative yeah, person. It's like these is resilient like, skills, these like, yeah, again, like perspective shifting skills uh like looking at the your your life and thinking like i don't fucking know anything like <laughs> i can't right. like anything could change like yeah i'm saying i'm not gonna go back to new york but i might actually and it might be bad again and i still yeah. am gonna like be open to <laughs> I it i still like, went and i and it still might go again you know like or whatatever like i don't know i just think yeah. these are like risk-taking and yeah and yeah. just like, like open, putting yourself out there trying new things like yeah it's really important and i think these kinds of skills that we as creatives do i think we kind of take for granted sometimes like those skills that we have yeah. and that we're exercising on a day-to-day -day basis and i think that those are the skills that are the most valuable they mean so much in mm -hmm. the world um yeah, and being like you know a white girl from Utah who chooses to major in Asian <laughs> studies, also like, I know that's the other it's thing. a little like, clue, yeah, right? Like a it's a little clue that you female. like, um, you know, like see value in things you don't know or don't understand. You don't understand, and yeah, yeah, like learning new things, being exposed to new things. Yeah, um, it's really interesting to me too, because so actually the first time I lived in New York, like that's the loneliest I've ever felt in my life, but because of that experience. 
I wasn't afraid of being alone anymore. And I started traveling by myself. And that's what led me to be able to take like those international birthday trips. Cause it wasn't like I had to wait for somebody to like go with me or that kind of thing. And I, I've had some of like the coolest experiences that like then influence my creativity. Right. Mm -hmm. Like having been in like Morocco and like taking a tour through the Atlas mountains. Like, I feel like sometimes I talk about travel and it sounds braggy and it's like, I mean, I guess you value it it kind of can, but also like, it is just crazy how much just like traveling to a different country changes your perspective and influences you because that to me, like expressing your creativity is all about like influences and stuff. And it's only through like experiencing new things and trying new things that you can kind of like expand that horizon so yeah 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 i totally agree and also like i i feel like you like you earned the bragging rights (laughs) because it's also hard like no yeah i mean it's something i wouldn't have done before and then i did i went through something hard and it made me realize like oh i can do this that's creative too, right like that's it made me appreciate it so much that it's like creative reframing of your own like lonely Oh, your yeah, own, like, like lonely heartache to some people that would only be like a negative but it's like I mean it it was and it was hard but it then made me open to possibilities in my life that I wouldn't mm-hmm. have been otherwise if I just stayed in Utah and been like really comfortable and just right. like you know see my regular people is like, there anything else that you want to sh- like talk like you know I'm I'm really interested in like your unique perspective like things mm-hmm. that you feel like you like have observed or that you know that like I don't know. And other people don't know. Um, or like just any other kind of thoughts that you have about like creativity or like the arts in general. I don't know. I feel like I've expressed, you've kind of of said your things. Yeah. Like, I feel like there were like things I'd thought of just when I was like thinking throughout the week or whatever. And I think I've like kind of said the things covered. Awesome. (laughs) Most of it. Yeah. I love this. And like, I, I really have, I've told this to several people, but you know, one of my intentions, like moving forward with this podcast is to interview more people who are, being kind of unabashedly creative, like in um, different ways. Yeah, like non-traditional. I, I think it's ways. really important. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think it's really important. Um, it's definitely a good perspective. Like, yeah, and to put it out there so people like, because I think um, it's really interesting to me. It was actually something my little sister said to me once that made me realize, like, oh, I don't have to keep trying to make my creative what I enjoy doing creatively into like my job yeah. like because that's kind of what I kept trying to do and she's like yeah you can you can have your day job and it supports your hobbies and yeah. it like to me it was this light bulb moment mm-hmm. and I was like wow like it took someone like six years younger than me like just to make me realize that it's that is an option totally like, so totally well and even like you know technically I haven't made a non-music dollar in like 12 years um but like, I don't really think about it like that. Like I teach, which feels very creative to me, but it's not like what I'll sometimes call like the capital A art, mm. but it's cause it's not, it's not my artistic expression. Like yeah. I'm helping someone else facilitate something. And sometimes for my students, it's not even their artistic expression. It's like just their confidence or like Mm -hmm. sometimes it's very, very practical and sometimes it's very like life skills. Yeah. Um, but that feels really creative to me. And I have personally found that it, when I, when I'm not overdoing it, when I'm not overworking (laughs) myself, it tends to, um, like feedback in a really positive way into like my capital a art. Cause it just keeps my brain flexy. Yeah. Um, and I feel, and then I feel, I do like this wedding band stuff, which is not creative at all, 
but it that stuff keeps me like in good it keeps my skill set in your shape. new ads are super cool they oh, show thanks. up on my facebook feed and i'm just Thank like you. sweet yeah that's the capital like i'm just AR, like but, wait, yeah. waiting for my like <laughs> oh, wedding like the wedding band is like just a cover band you know it's just like it's just yeah. a party band but yeah it keeps me in like really good shape like athletically like, oh and well like, like yeah my, like vocally that's and, what i meant well, i mean but i i got yeah, it yeah like it's all it's <laughs> like that age-old debate right like yeah. oh is ballet a sport like you know people debating yeah, yeah. on its sport and it it's like my, i mean it that, it's your body in shape it's yeah. your body like yeah. it's definitely athletic yeah and it also just keeps me um i don't know yeah like these things like give me something but they don't feel creative like songwriting mm-hmm and like designing my own creative projects feels. Yeah. So I also kind of feel like they're just my day job. They just happen to be interesting. You yeah. know, I don't know. Like I don't, I don't see it being that different. And I even like, you know, some of we are young and like, who knows, like there might be a future in which like your, your, your money-making work is more like um intertwined with your creative work like yeah who knows but and that's the thing it's like always changing and evolving it's not like i'm saying like oh i'm never and gonna get never paid what it to is do something creatively right in my now. life like i I've, I've interviewed a couple of authors and i really like interviewing authors in the in the in the context of these perspective building things because an author mm. is doing research everywhere they are true you know like authors like it you know if you're a waitress or a waiter, you're doing research and on like, like observing. That. Yeah. And, yeah. And looking at people. And I don't know. I love this idea that like kind of, if you are determined to be creative, everything you're doing is yeah. involved. It's all involved. Yeah. Cool. Like you okay. can't like, you can't get rid of it. I think <laughs> Your so. Creativity. You like and express it. And I wish, everything. I wish that more people could think like that in their business jobs and in their engineering mm-hmm. jobs and, as elementary school teachers and you know, whatever the hell they're doing, like, yeah, just remember, like there's all kinds of different ways that you can be a person doing the thing that you do. Yeah. Um, I always ask everybody at the end, what's your dream collaboration? Oh man. Ooh. So, um, when I was super into like wanting to dress musicians, I really wanted to dress Lucius. Cool. The thing is, though, that was more that's probably more pointing towards my dream collaboration is with the lady who was designing their costumes. And off the top of my head, oh, it's like Joy or something. I can't remember her name, but she also. Oh, my gosh. um, What's her name? The lead singer of Alabama Shakes. Uh, I know. I don't know. Brittany Howard. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. But anyway. I, it was so interesting to me that like, I actually hadn't heard of this lady before, but just like these were musicians I enjoyed and I liked their style. And I was like, Hey, actually dressed by the same person. So probably, yeah. Like with her. That's awesome. (laughs) And then finally, where can people like see your work? Okay. Okay. Or hire you if they would like to do that. Oh my gosh. I have a, let's see, what do I want to start with? So I, I technically have like a design Instagram, like where I try to post just like more of my like design related stuff, but it ends up getting super neglected. So that's like, I think it's Maxine's Couture 
and I don't think there's like any underscores okay. or anything in it. I'm pretty sure it's just like Maxine's Couture. My personal one, which is right now set to private, but I think I might take that off, is Fashion IQ 64 because like I just I love the number 64 and I had this obsession cool. with the Beatles. But so that right. ends up having more of that stuff. And then I have like a super old <laughs> blog that has some cool stuff. It's like I think it's Maxine's Couture.wordpress.com. Cool. But if anybody was interested in sewing lessons or that kind of stuff, like probably like a DM on Instagram would okay. be great emily it's yeah. great to catch up with you thanks <laughs> great for to catch up with you too emily <laughs> emily 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 <laughs> you're only the second emily i've ever interviewed which is kind of improbable. surprising yeah for how popular it's, that name was for like 10 years improbable yeah okay no. but anyway we were saying bye thanks emily <laughs> bye bye Thanks for listening to Artifice. Our theme song is As You Are from My Album Masks with artwork and merch designs by Sarah Keel. If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, you can reach me through my website, emilymerrellmusic.com. That's E-M-I-L-Y-M-E-R-R-E-L-L music.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.